We got to get that working though. We shall. I, I believe it. I don't believe in us. It, it'll never work. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sound positive so you can keep trying. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. It's this Asio stuff as well. He keeps trying, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He keeps oh. trying. Yeah. Yeah, funny, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about Elton John like two minutes ago. Really? Yeah, I was singing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road to myself. I don't know that one. Oh, shit. Now I've forgotten it myself because I've got the other the one you're singing in my head. Does it go like this? Oh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye kind of. Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't repeat. Down <laughs> with the with dogs of society you can tell me you and you can tell everybody no, it's this not that. is your song that is and you album. can tell everybody that is, a, that is off that album though. I hope you don't mind <laughs> I hope you don't mind if I uh, it's not for you I want your in the world yeah, that's one for you. You need to be getting into the Elton John. You're a piano player now. Yeah. Piano composition. Piano something. man. Piano man. I'll put a baby Elton, to sleep. Elton John. Yeah, go on. To, all right. You want to restart in? I guess we'll start. You can cull this shit. Okay. Back, it does, I'll cull all this out anyway. I was just but you know what? We, should, we shouldn't be doing that because you keep all over the shop, just rocking and railing and I'm in the middle. I'm starting to, you know, I stay, say stuff that you've got to cut out. And then you end up with so much editing work to do. We should, yeah. if we if we focused a bit more and said, okay, right, we're on. I mean, you okay. was doing that anyway. I'm the one who's all over the place. Then it makes the editing much easier for you, doesn't it? It does, but, you know, that's life. It's fine. I like editing. Uh, but Just... I want to make it, but we should make it easier for you, obviously. Okay, all right. You like editing. So let's begin with the fact. Let's start the show. Here we go. Let's start the show with the fact that Three, you like editing. Three, two, one, um, zero. Showtime. Shut shut up. I feel like Kramer. Do you remember when Kramer goes to Hollywood? Yeah, well, what, what, what bit are you referring to, though? I remember that weird couple of episodes in LA. Yeah, he goes to LA to become an actor. Yeah. And then he's sort of trying, he's, he's, he's a terrible actor. He's just so bad at <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, shut up. Shut up. It's show time. What was I saying? I was saying something. I was saying, um, uh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. I've blanked. What do we have to talk about today? What, we, what have we got on the agenda? We talk about your experiences on your with that woman. Oh, oh God. Right. Here's okay. the agenda. Here's the agenda. We talk about your experience with woman. We can talk about yeah. the work stuff. Yeah. Which I really don't feel like talking about because I'm talking about it 10 times now. Okay. Maya asked me to say it to her, like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. obviously she wants a full rundown of everything. And then I gave you a full, Mr. A, I'm oh, sorry, I'm already making you edit. <laughs> this is terrible. This is, a, this is a car crash. This is a car crash. <laughs> but no, all right, this is before the show. We're talking about what we say, but like, okay, we'll yeah. do, I'll go through the work stuff brief. Uh, okay, so should, should we start with the work stuff? Well, the work stuff, your experiences with that woman, do you want to talk about it or do you want to just put it behind you and act as if it never happened? No, no, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about it. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. And um, can, can we start with, can we actually start, okay, showtime. 
Showtime. Showtime. Three, two, one. Showtime. Three, two, one. Showtime. Can we actually start the, the show uh, with a brief, however long you want, if it's just one word, whatever. But I want to hear your thoughts on Batman because I'm hearing good things about it now from yes, places so- that are usually quite sceptical about comic book movies. Are we talking about The Batman? It's called The Batman. The new We're talking one. about The Batman. The new Batman. I've- the I've heard that it's visually very good. I've heard mm-hmm. that it's, it's quite... I've heard that it's, a, you know, it's not as drab as the Nolan ones, but not... I've heard it's very interesting. I've heard it's good. I've heard good things from places that I otherwise hear scepticism about. Or comic book movies. It's all right. Listen, it's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. It's, a, it's got a good story. It's got good acting. It's got a great soundtrack. It's very moody. It's like 90% set during the nighttime. There's so few daytime shots that it's it's very sort of, yeah, it's a night kind of movie. Um, but it's three hours long. I can't get over how long it was. I, I just, I, the whole time I'm sitting there, I got two, we're two hours in and I thought surely it's about to start wrapping up. And then there's a whole other hour. It's three hours long, man. You know, I've, I've been watching a lot of movies, a lot of older movies, and I tend to watch like maybe artsier movies, which are typically quite long anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I'm used to a great movie. It can be four fucking hours. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, when but this isn't. But you're, at, you're watching those movies at home where you can pause, go to the toilet, go make yourself a cup actually. of tea, have That's a chat true. with your lady and then come back and re-pick it up again. When you're sitting in a cinema for three hours, bum on seat, no interval... It's, uh, it, it becomes kind of exhausting. So I've got two questions then immediately, two questions. Yeah. First question, this movie isn't good enough to sustain three hours. It doesn't have enough variety or interesting things happening to it sustain actually does. three hours. It actually does. It does. I'm just resentful. I'm resentful. That's all it is. It, it actually, it, it does have enough content to deserve the three hours, but I, I just have this blanket feeling that nobody should have to sit through a cinema screening for three hours it's just it's inhumane I, well i don't know is that how can it be good enough to last three hours mm-hmm. go ahead and then you're still saying you can't see because for instance when I, I was thinking recently about a movie that i loved a while ago gaspar noise climax mm-hmm. fantastic film and i don't know how long that is it's probably like two hours and i was like i wish that movie was like five hours long it was so fucking it was like a roller coaster ride yeah, I'm sh- listen, I, I get where you're coming from, but I wouldn't want to do that in a cinema. I'd want to watch that at home. Where is your mind around, like you said, two hours it starts to wane. Where is your mind at that point? Are you starting to feel detached from the movie? Is that the problem? At two hours, my bum starts to get tingly. I, I start to get a tingly bum at two hours. Right. At two right. hours and a half, I'm like just constantly changing my positions just uh, antsy and I'm like ready to get out of there. Two hours 45, my fists start to clench. Two hours 55, I'm furious. I'm furious and I'm ready to fight someone. Three hours, it's over. I'm killing everyone. That's when you start shooting. That's when you start shooting. Exactly. (laughs) That's when it goes bad. Are you you attentive for the whole duration of the movie? Is that the problem? Are you like, because I imagine people are sort of casual with movies. You know, maybe they're watching it on their phone a bit or they No, no, I'm watching the whole time. I'm watching You're the whole attentive time. the whole time. Because the thing is, theatres are like, you get to play, it's like four or five hours, isn't it? 
I don't really go to plays, so I wouldn't be able to say. But I'm saying it would, a play would be four or five hours. If you went to, uh, I don't fucking know, something else, it would be. No, but here's I my think... second question. Here's my yeah. second question. Why are movies so so long now? Why do they make such long movies? I couldn't, the I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea why. I think the days of the 90-minute movie are long gone. Those were left behind in the 90s. A 90-minute movie, one hour and a half, it's gone. You'll never find a movie. Basic, basic. It starts two hours and it goes upwards. Yeah, it's very weird because, like, okay, I say I watch, like, long motion, but, you know, when you watch artsy movies, there's kind of a reason it's very long. It's because they like you to just completely dominate your mind. Yeah. They want they, they want, want they want you to sit in it and feel it and yeah, yeah lose yourself they, in it. And they, they obviously care a lot about what they're showing. They think a lot about everything. They want you to you know they want to assault your mind in a lot of cases. You know, this is like a Marvel movie or a comic book movie where you're just trying to entertain people. Why would you make it three hours? Because I hear the complaint a lot. I don't know why. I think they want to make it feel... the Batman franchise. As the head of the Batman franchise, I am telling you that I want it to be like a big experience. I want people to come away feeling like it was an epic, Mm. epic event from which they come back out and everybody wants to talk about it. So more is more. Less is not more. More is more. We want to give them more. We want more explosions, more action, more sex, more duration. Give them everything. So you think they, that's come, the reason? they come out of the cinema and everybody's like, oh, my God, that was huge. That was, a, that was the biggest event of the year. And then word spreads and everybody wants to go see it so that they don't miss out. Right. You don't think you can get that sense of big, epic experience from a, a shorter movie? Like, is it, aren't the Indiana Jones well, no, films like absolutely. 90 minutes? No, they're quite long as well, I think, actually. But, like, even back in the old this. days, the whole reason why they used to call something an epic, like the Lawrence of Arabia or yeah, the yeah, yeah. with a choir, all that shit, those were long movies that were meant to be... They were called epic movies. Because they were long. Right. They had long durations and big ideas. All the Indiana Jones films are almost exactly two hours, each one. Okay, so not, not, not epic, but not small either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not this small. A 90-minute movie, you can't really do a lot in 90 minutes. I don't Name know. Name me a perfect, perfect, run, perfect movie for 90 minutes. Well, that's a good question. What's the best 90-minute movie? I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to come back with a list of those. We don't have to come back. Tell me off the top of your head, three, four movies that you really love. And I want to check the run times. Look, okay. Oh, look, up true, look up True Romance. Look up True Romance. How long is a True, true Romance? True Romance is Duration. two hours. Two hours. Okay. Next. Another right. film. Go on. Quick, quick, quick fire. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me think. What else? No holding on, off the top of your head. I'm trying Come to on, think, but when I think of something, it's all fucking uh, Annie Hall. How long is Annie Hall? Annie Hall runtime. Here we go. An hour and a half. Hey, now we're talking. Now we're all talking. Right, okay, now give, we're me talking. Another, give me another. Shoot another movie. That you what like. else we Come got? On. What else we got? What's the movie I like? Movie Don't I like? be self conscious. Don't think all oh, people can judge me for like. No, I'm genuinely trying. Like... You're talking too much. I can't think. Hold on. <laughs> answer the damn questions don't give him the water I don't give him the shit. water I spit on you you, never, you get nothing out of me hold on I'm trying to think um, what's a movie I really really like what's a movie I really really like oh uh, Jackie Brown how long is Jackie Brown Jackie Brown 
two hour 40 minutes. No, Jackie yeah. Brown is not two hours 40. Two hour 40 minutes. Is there another Tarantino movie you like? Because I've got a Mate, couple of others. No, here. Jackie Brown is not two hours 40. It's that's two hours a, 40. That's such a fast paced movie. That feels like that. That movie exactly. feels like such a clip. You, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? What's your, what's your next favorite Tarantino film? Hold on, hold on. Let's go to, um, let's go to, uh, what's that movie? Fucking hell. Um, Raising Arizona. How long is Raising Arizona? Raising, is that the gay one? No, that's the one with uh, Nicolas Cage where they've got the kid. An hour and a half. Okay, that's an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Okay, all right. Um, um, what else have we got? All right, I think that's, bit, okay, you could do one more if you've got one. Have you got one? One last one? One last one, to one for the road? Yeah. One for the road? Yeah. Um, how long is... Um... Just think of a great movie. Don't think about the length. Just think. That's a movie I love. Character uh, I love. No Country for Old Men. How long is No, no country, country for Old Men? No I feel like that's a long one. I feel like that's a very long one. Oh, wait. Two hours. Okay, so not epic. So the movies you gave me, True Romance is two hours. Annie Hall is an hour and a half. Raising Arizona, an hour and a half. Jackie Brown is very long. And No Country for Old Men is two hours. So, you know. Okay, so maybe movies haven't been 90 minutes for a very long time. I don't think it's, I don't think it's really necessary. Like Annie Hall, it feels like a slow movie with quite a lot of different scenes in different locations, quite a lot of events. It's an hour and a half. It's just tightly made, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jackie Brown, which doesn't feel that long, is Jackie Brown is three hours. I, I watched that, like, I rewatched it a, a couple of years ago, and I, I've seen it a bunch of times, and it's one of those ones where it just feels so quickly paced, and there's so much happening that I can't, but, I, I'm kind of shocked. I might have to, I might have to cancel the rest of the podcast so I can lie down. Yeah. But this, I need, but to, this I need my, to lie down, Johnny. But this is my point. You can make a film feel longer. You can make a film feel shorter. It, it, the time, the actual time doesn't matter. So when people say to me now about all these new movies, oh, they're a bit long, they just need to be a bit shorter. I can't help thinking that's an indictment of the film. Mm. And that it says something about the film, like clearly the film lags in places, there's places where it loses people's attention. But it's stuff. also about how you watch it. A, a, a three-hour movie at home is a different experience to a three-hour movie at the cinema, is what I was trying to get across. So what do you think about The Batman at Home? Which is how uh, I would watch it. Yeah, The Batman at Home, you'll have a great time. You'll have a great time. Download it, enjoy it, watch it. You don't think it's going to feel arduous? You don't think I'm going to think, oh, fucking hell. Come on. Well, you can stop and start. Plus, I think uh, it, it's now out on the torrent site. So go ahead and go ahead and get it. It's yeah. like, it's ready. Well, so I'm ready, I, I ready was, to watch. Can, yeah, can I say one thing? I'm, I'm swearing too much again. I'm swearing too much. You did say in one of the recent episodes that you were going to stop swearing. I know, and then I went right back into it. And I didn't hold you accountable at all. We did say that I was going to try to do that. But I'm holding I'm, myself. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm, 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 the slight awareness of myself that I have when I'm doing these podcasts, mm -hmm. I'm aware of my swearing. Okay. So I really want to stop. Let's, let's do be better. Let's, ask it, let's you know, elevate ourselves to the next level. Yeah, you don't swear at all, man. No, I do. I swear loads. When, I listen, podcasts, when I listen back to these podcasts, I'm constantly swearing needlessly. No, I think not needlessly. I think you swear, you add emphasis where, where it's needed. I think you swear that just the right amount. 
Okay. But everyone, everyone could swear less. But I, I you know, I, I think you, you, you don't swear that much at all. Golden well done nuts. to you, man. Goldilocks, well right, you. right in the centre of it. Exactly. Uh, the, right, mid, yeah. the middle porridge. You're the Goldilocks of swearing. The Goldilocks good timing. Of swearing. Good, good timing <laughs> of swearing. You're the, yeah. you're the, you're the Boots Collins of swearing. Bootsy, Bootsy, yeah. <laughs> just coming in with the the perfectly timed fuck. Yeah, fuck. That's right. Just enough to add some low end to whatever it is here. Man, Bootsy Collins is such a cool dude. He is such a cool. They dude. were all cool dudes. That how the all. How do they? Is. How do they get away with being so cool? You know what's funny? It was more interesting than that. Don't you think Stevie Wonder is kind of uncool? Oh, now he is. He's been uncool for a long time, but um, there was a time when he was very cool. Do you think he was ever... I don't think he was ever a cool... Because he was never, like, a cool cat. He was never, like, a James Brown, never, like, a... He well, never had the that, wildness. But he never had no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you something. There's stories what? out there of him going around stealing people's girlfriends. Is there really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard... There's, um, there's a stand-up comedian called Dion Cole, who basically has a great bit about how Stevie Wonder, like, uh, literally stole his girlfriend. <laughs> Is that a bit, though? Is that That's a bit, a bit that he, he does, but it's based in reality. And apparently Stevie Wonder has a reputation for going around and uh, he's got a thing about stealing people's girlfriends. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I don't know if that's cool, because he's not really a lover guy in all of his music. No, no. He's got some beautiful... I mean, he's, I think he's a fucking stone-cold genius. I'm swearing. I think he's a stone-cold genius. He obviously, he's a huge... Do you think player. part of it is because he started off as little Stevie? He started off mm. very young. He was like 13, yeah. 14 years old. Yeah. And then... That might be it. That might be it, actually. I think, I think it's also because he was just so musical. He's just such a musical... I think you, you literally cared about music more than, you know, whereas James Brown was a more of a showman, yeah. Prince as well. Even the Prince had crazy musicality. musicality. He was a showman. Uh, he had a, he had a good he had aesthetic sensibility. And maybe maybe because he's blind as well, Stevie Wonder. Maybe well, <clears throat> Charles, uh, Ray Charles. Ray Charles, yeah. Ray Charles was another blind pianist. But he, he, cold, he, had, yeah. he had a cool rock and roll yeah. kind of lifestyle where he went around doing drugs and doing women and yeah. Uh, so it, I, we can't say we can't say that just because he's blind it was um, yeah. Still, we wonder when still wonder also went kind of cheesy in the eighties. Still brilliant, part time lover era. You're singing manly, yeah. Dude, some we've me and Johnny have had this conversation so many times. Is this? Is this? I'm just going to briefly mention. I'm just going to briefly mention. Are we going to be able to briefly mention it? Because this we could we could talk about this for a whole podcast. Let's not talk about it. Let's just briefly put it out there so that the world knows. Yeah. Daryl Hall and. Um, oh, not just that specifically. I mean, this taps into a much larger thing. There's I just want to, but I don't even want to go that deep, man. I but just it doesn't make sense unless you understand. It doesn't make sense unless you understand the context. Okay, to, to briefly sum, okay, go on. You briefly summarize the larger context and then listen. All I'm going to say is Hollow Notes wrote Manita. No, no, don't no, start with that. Start with the oh, larger for context. Fuck's sake. Go summarize on. Okay. it. All right. No, no, no. You, you, you summarize it. No, you go. Oh, no, you go. No, you go. <laughs> okay, listen. The, the, I, I value originality above all 
things. I think, uh, you know, and I think plagiarism is a sin, a deep sin. And I'll leave it at that because I could just, I'll start, if I say anymore, I'll start round. I, 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 and we mainly, Van always argue about this. He, he says that execution is, you know, the classic argument. He says execution is very important. I say I would rather ex execution is, you know, I value it far less than originality. Absolutely. So, anyway, Johnny's, so. Johnny's number one, like one of his big pillars. If, if You know how Islam has the five pillars of Islam, <laughs> which is like the things you have to really abide by. One of the pillars of Johnny's life is that plagiarism is a massive sin and originality is everything. Yeah. So with that in mind, um, I pointed out to him a few years ago that Daryl Hall and Hall and Oates basically wrote Man Eater before um, Stevie Wonder wrote Part Time Lover. And if you play those two songs back to back, they are identical. No, 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 they no, no, just the verse. Just the verse. Listen, the verse, the, the music, the melody, the beat, the rhythm, but the baseline, everything. The it's come on, man. Let's sing the hook of it. each song. Sing Let's, the hook of each song. I couldn't because I'll start one and then I'll naturally transition into the other without even realizing. No, you got That's whoa, how similar they she, she comes. She comes. She's a part-time lover. <laughs> no, it's necessary. It doesn't work. <laughs> the hook is completely different. Listen, uh, people can go out there and listen for themselves. I'm not going to sit here and uh, do but a the bad rhythm of the. Of it. The rhythm of the verse is the same. But do, but, do, do, but, do, yeah. do, 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 but the point is. Uh, Hall and Oates were first, Stevie Wonder was second, yes. and somehow this is the one instance I have ever gotten Johnny to admit to, <laughs> yeah, that he's, this is the one yeah. instance he's willing to let slide. For some reason, Stevie Wonder has a pass against the plagiarism thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, first of all, I, I do think, what the hell was Stevie Wonder doing? I never spotted, I never spotted that, I was like, come on, he's, he's better than that. But then I also think Stevie Wonder has like 10 years of, of absolute genius behind him. And he nicked a verse. Okay, he nicked a verse. And I'm willing to, you know, and, and, and his track record makes me think, okay, Stevie Wonder maybe didn't, it was one, a case where he didn't realise he might have heard Hall and Oates. Oh, come on. No, I think, I think genuinely, you know, this guy's always doing music. He's always putting music out. You know, he's been in the business for since he was a kid. He didn't realize he nicked that rhythm from Hall and Oates. He just put it out, you know. I'm willing wow. to. I'm willing, I'm willing to. Wow. Be, I look. His his track was. You are going simple. against everything you believe in. I'm not. I don't think he actively played trust. I think that what is it? Five, six hours. The first four hours of Stevie Wonder, it, insanely original. And he's been. Everyone's been. Isn't this one of those? For, isn't this one of those instances though, where we caught him? doing this one thing with Hall and Oates, doesn't that put into doubt everything else that he's no, ever made and make mate. you wonder how many other songs he's nicked that you just didn't realise because you Absolutely don't know those original not. songs? You, Absolutely you, not. You catch someone killing one person, you, does it not make you wonder how many other people have they killed? No. And you've, only caught, you've only caught them because uh, they made a mistake in this instance that was really obvious. No, it's impossible. And and for you to even suggest that shows that you really need to go back and listen to four or five albums, one of which is a double album, Songs in the Key of Life, which just every track is just so bursting with originality. It's been put into doubt. It's, it makes Sounds me wonder, no, what else has he done? What else has he done that he's no, stolen? I don't think, I know, it's absolutely unquestionable. 
It's like, it's like you can't even no, no, absolutely not. And you need to go and back and listen to Steve. <laughs> and I keep telling I keep telling you, you should be listening to Steve Wonder. You're getting into piano anyway. Listen, I listen to Stevie Wonder all the time. There's a, you don't need to tell me that. I was listening to him but, just a few days ago. So there's albums like you you know, people are Nicky from people been whole careers Nicky from like Stevie Wonder for Christ's sake, you know. It's, it's okay. We did say we say we, we said we wouldn't get too deep into it, but we I are just, getting too deep. Let's not so. get yeah. Let's, let's take a step back. What were we even talking about? Why right. did we even get on Stevie Wonder? We were talking about the Batman. Oh yeah, the, the Batman is six too out long. of ten. Actually, no, don't we have a? I'd say it's actually scale. It, it's uh, it's that scale is long gone, bro. That scale was from nine episodes ago. <laughs> and I don't remember the details. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember it. Now. I think it was something like, would you see it in the cinema? Um, home. would you have it on would you play around with your phone as you're watching it um and then there was some would you bring question. it up at a dinner party would i bring it up at a dinner party we'll answer the questions let's let's see would you All bring right. it up at a dinner party uh yes yeah why not why would you would it's, it's got enough to it you can discuss with other people at a dinner party well specifically what i'd bring up the element i'd bring up is the soundtrack oh really tell, like me the about, soundtrack. Well, tell me about the soundtrack Oh, it's just got this one, it's got this one sort of uh, piece in it that's recurring every time Batman shows up. And it's just, it's a lovely leitmotif that just, it, it, it is very moody. Very, let me, let me play it for you right now. Hold on. No, I know the one you're talking about. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, very moody. Batman! <laughs> very moody. No, no. I know, it, the one. I know the one, you don't need to play it. Let me see if you can hear, let me know if you can hear this. Yeah, basically, it's, yeah. it's, it's very simple. It's just literally two notes that they play slightly. Uh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. But it's so nice. It's so nice the way they use it. It's lovely. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Is it, do you think, and then the next question is, could you write a 1,000 word essay on the, on the Batman movie? Probably. Would you have yeah, enough it, to say about it? It wouldn't be difficult. Yeah, no. Watching so, it at home or at cinema, I guess you answered that, you'd watch it at home. I'd watch it at home. Yeah. I'd never watch pirate. a three-hour movie in the cinema. Hey, or pirate? I mean, personally, I pirate everything, so I can't really... I think you don't think it's worth you don't care about this movie enough. I don't care about it enough that I'd pay for it. I think the only kind of movie I'd actually pay for is an independent movie because I'd want them to get some money for it. Here's a question. If this word if this movie ceased to exist in the in the um, universe, we would lose would, nothing. We would lose we would nothing. Lose nothing. Okay. We would lose nothing. <laughs> Absolutely okay. nothing. Listen, I think we had this discussion previously where I was like, we've had 20 Batman movies. You can do things slightly differently, but it ain't nothing new. Come on. Well, man. that's my Batman movie. I was thinking about my Batman movie idea. I think it's such a good idea. Um, like I said, when I was the head of the Batman franchise, uh, we're not buying it. Please jog on. Such a good movie. And I didn't, you, you, I didn't emphasize enough. I wanted it to be genuinely terrifying. I wanted it to feel like a David Lynch film. You know? <laughs> like two robbers, they just got away with a crime and then like, it's like a David Lynch thing. Well, funny you should mention that. The beginning, Lights flickering, the, something's the happening. The beginning of the Batman does have that vibe. So I think uh, you're, you're probably on the same wavelength as whoever wrote that movie. Because I don't the, think we're on the same wavelength. The beginning of it does feel like that, where Batman is a terrifying figure. 
does does do you see the Batman before the 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 ninety minute mark? <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, then no. Do. It's not my movie. It's not okay. my movie. All right. Do you do you, yeah? And you too much Bruce Wayne. You would put too much Bruce Wayne in those fucking movies. Do you know what? You watch this one and let me know what you think. Because a lot of what you're talking about is stuff that um they sort of address in this one. We might watch it. We might. We'll probably watch it. Uh, me and my girlfriend might watch it. Just jump on the zeitgeist a bit. That's probably why I wanted to ask you about it. Mm -hmm. So you've got something to talk about in your upcoming interviews. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about that? Then? How's that for a transition, boy? A beautiful, How's that elegant, for a beautiful transition? Elegant, but why are you pointing out that you... you people well, who point out transitions. I like to, I like to point out anything things, that I do things, that's good. Yeah, but then it's not good then, is it? I don't oh, care. Look at, I don't care. I, I, I'm very self-congratulatory. You've known me for like 18 years, man. At this point, you've got to know, if I do anything <laughs> that's remotely excellent, yeah. I'm going to point it out and smell it and just constantly sit in it. That's good. That's good. But anyway, the, um, okay. Do you want to give so, a context? No, first of all, before you say that, you've got you to agree that my transition was great. You no, know, your transition was great to an extent. Why would you say, why would you say, why can't you just give it to me? I'm trying to do because professional. Because you ruined the transition. a professional segue. We're, we're to, we, no, but then we, we started talking about your segue. It's not, it's not a good segue if you start talking about it. The, the best transition is one you wouldn't even notice. So actually, is it a good transition? I think it's a great transition. It was no, so good. The fact that I pointed it out and that we're now discussing it, that's beside the point. You've got to, you've got to judge it on its own. That, okay, those are two separate things. Those are A and B. No, let me let's talk let's talk let's let's talk about this in video editing terms. Okay. Right? Yeah. Let's I'm gonna present two transitions to you and you tell me which transition is better. Mm -hmm. So you have the let's say classic Star Wars transition where they mm -hmm. do like a wipe from one mm -hmm. side yeah. of the screen to another. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it maybe yeah. correlates with some of the movements that are happening in one scene, maybe someone's moving off to the left and the one I see where you're going here. I right. see where you're going. And then the second transition, the yeah. second transition I'm going to talk about is just a hard cut and uh, but you don't even notice it. Yeah. Like the, the next transition is one you don't even know is happening. It's just a hard cut. And Can you, I, you understand this? I right. know Which exactly. One is better? Can I slightly reframe the question just to make it a bit more accurate to the situation? The first one is absolutely the same, where you've got the Star Wars wipe, where it sort of it brings attention to itself and then blah, blah, blah. The, right. the second bit that you should have said was, what if it had the exact same transition? And then it cuts to George Lucas coming in and saying, wasn't that a great transition? No, no, I think the second one is the one where you don't know. This is the one where... And the first one is the one you notice. Oh, I see what you're saying. I Don't you think so? I yeah, noticed yeah. those Star Wars, Star Wars ones. Okay, the point is... Anyway, this is a podcast which, format. It doesn't... The fact that we have spent three minutes talking about this, I think this is a great success. It's fantastic. I think, okay, I think well, that yeah, in okay, itself a was a well, higher goes goal. In that was yeah, a higher I mean, goal that we've now achieved. You're welcome. We've now achieved. But let me, I want to ask you, this is a philosophical question that revealed you to the listener. Which transition do you prefer? Do you prefer the one that goes above and beyond and is have, noticeably good? Or do you prefer the one that no one notices? 
they each have their uses. I'm, I'll happily use both and I'll happily respect and like both, but they've got their time and place. They're both tools in a toolbox. That's a cop-out answer. That's not a cop-out answer. That's the, that's the answer of a creative, of an artist, of a, of a deep thinker. So in the podcast format, you prefer the transition that you would notice then the then the transition like if i started to uh, transition this pod this uh, if i managed to navigate this conversation towards mm-hmm. um astrology without anyone noticing you don't think that would be better than if i jarringly shoved in a, a clever joke and it shunted us onto the subject of astrology i like both i genuinely like both okay all right i think you're too open-minded I know that's I've never been accused of that I get I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying though I don't, I don't want to I, 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 had, I had more to say but I can't because I'd end up revealing what I do for a living all right but so, I, will, I will I will say I will say mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the tragedies of like modern culture it's like is that everyone tries to do stuff that is noticeably good mm-hmm. and back in back when people used to actually really be good at what they did creatively mm-hmm. I think they used to make it look effortless, you know, like in music, in film, in writing. You, when you watch some of the older movies mm-hmm. and you think, yeah, yeah, there's something about this movie I like and I can't articulate it. Well, I can articulate it. I could tell you it's because it's so good at what it's doing that it makes it look effortless. And that to me is like. That's, that's, that's gone. That's gone, and now everyone wants to show off about how you know good that is. Like, a, like a, I was going to ask you about the Batman movie because it was like I was like, this is another June scenario because everyone watched June and everyone watched Dennis Villeneuve movies. They're all the same, and they're like, oh, it looks really pretty. It looks really pretty. That's because he's slamming you over the head with his color. Like, oh, we're just gonna make the whole frame look yellow, and there's like a nice a structure in the thing. It looks like an Instagram photo. So like, okay, the original Blade Runner didn't actually smack you over the head. It looks it's effortlessly believable, the original like, Blade Runner. Don't you think so? I, th- I, know, I, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. It wasn't well, shoving. Go on. I think that's just a symptom of the age that we live at. I think it is just a thing where everybody's now so insecure and self-conscious that yeah. we, we want people to know that we're good. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I feel like I have to show off more times in, in my work than... I can actually be because sometimes I worry that like oh when I'm really proud of something like, oh but then I think no you can't do that you can't make it so good that they don't see the seams you have to tell, show people the mechanics if you really want to show off now you can't actually you know you can't be a smooth operator you can't be as good you can't you can't you can't be too good because then people mm. almost don't give you credit do you understand mm. what I'm saying yeah yeah of course which yeah. okay now let's talk about it you you're on a job hunt at the moment aren't you i had three interviews over the past two days mm-hmm. for three companies yeah and uh should i run through the interviews actually there's one bigger point i wanted to talk about yeah what's the what's the whole like i think there was something about this that yes. was you found interesting in the whole the, process looking at jobs and like you, you see the jobs you see all these companies and you do like a deep dive and you see you try and figure out what the company does and it's very really hard for me to convey this i can't i can't unless you you kind of see it for yourself but it really strikes me how it seems like the vast majority of the corporate world is just useless it's just useless it produces nothing provides nothing 
and like half the people working in their, their place, they just they just email each other. They just seem to have meetings and then they email each other and then they have more meetings and then they email each other. And I was just looking at the process and all of these companies and I'm like, this is all worthless. This is all busy work amounting to nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And like in my freelance work, <clears throat> I mean, I produce, I contribute to the production of a product, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I used to think it's a very frivolous thing because the world does not need any more of what product I'm contributing. I thought, this is a frivolous product. I'm going to be the first to go when the economy crashes, whatever. But having seen the corporate world, and I just, I just see there's so much uselessness, there's so much busy work. And I find it genuinely kind of terrifying. The worthlessness of it. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying, Libby? I wanted to ask you because you work in the corporate world. You actually have a job where you produce something at the end of what you do. There's something manifest. Yeah, um, I guess it it depends on what the um, what sector you're looking at and what what they're actually making or what what because all of these. All of these companies, when they've got they've got HR departments, IT departments, uh, operations departments, production departments, there's all these departments that are sort of um, meant to be supporting uh, the company's main purpose, which is to make yeah. something or to provide a service, or or th- there's some there's some product that at the end of the day they're supposed to be making and selling to the public. Right? Yeah, um, I think the kind of companies you're applying for maybe don't have such strongly defined ideas of what they're actually providing or selling. And maybe it, that's well, why go on. I was thinking maybe if you're applying in a different industry, then maybe it would be a bit more obvious about what the whole purpose of all of these meetings and emails actually are. But the thing is, I am actually going for like broad range of industries. Like mm-hmm. what I do is, is quite like broad. I can apply to a lot of different sectors, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of companies where you go to a website and start looking for a needle in a haystack to find out what we do. You know, it's all covered in gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. And then you see a client of theirs and you go to the client and it's like, okay, now I see what the client kind of does. And then you see like, oh, the, their client, oh, here is the big boy. Here is where they're paying the money. It's just like this trickle effect through various phases of uselessness, mm-hmm. you know? So like there'll be a, a consultant to advertisers, but these advertisers only provide advertising services to accountants and they're an accounting firm, but they also depend on like larger companies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't need this. You could cut all of these people out. Three competent people could do the work of three fucking companies here. It's mm-hmm. all just use. And you're looking at, I'm looking at people, I'm looking at their salaries, they get like seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. And I think there is no way that what you're doing which is just emailing other people at the company, is is adding $80,000 worth of profit to the company. I know it's a very capitalist, hardcore way to view it, but I don't know, I can't, I, I, I don't know. I need a sense of meaning when I see. I think what, what you'll come to notice and realise is that a lot of companies and a lot of... Um, a lot of people, so it applies to both companies and people, make a solid living out of being a middleman, um, out of being a middleman or a middle manager who basically manages communication in a pipeline. So whether you're a company who's taking a product from 
uh, a company A and then providing it to company B and you just get in the middle and organize sort of the delivery and logistics of it or convert it from one thing to another to make it yeah. easier or smoother you're basically inserting yourself into a pipeline uh, yeah. that's already existing and claiming that you add value to it and claiming that's, that you add value it's whether that's true or not it, yeah. who knows but the thing you've got one thing I'll point out to you is I've seen this it's b before. It goes in cycles. Um, it literally yeah. goes in cycles depending on uh, the CEO and the CFO and whoever is sort of at the top level of a company. Yeah. Um, so let's say you're at the beginning of the pipeline, you're company A, and then you've got a bunch of vendors underneath you um, who do stuff. Uh, so you'll have... That, that's so that's how it starts off you've got a bunch of vendors uh so that person will leave a new ceo will come in and they'll be like why are we um sending out all this stuff externally when we could be managing a lot of this ourselves and make a saving in and have more control over it blah blah yeah. blah so then they cut out all the vendors they build up internal departments to do the exact same work and then they've got everything centralized then that CEO leaves. Five years later, a new CEO yeah, yeah. comes in, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. look at all this, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is all so inefficient. It's so bulky. We need to go lean. We need to cut down our operational yeah. costs. We need to outsource a bunch of this stuff." And then all those people get sacked, and then suddenly they've got a bunch of new vendors again, and then it it just goes in cycles. Yeah, I get yeah, I get yeah, I get yeah. That makes that makes sense to me. But I think there's always in all that process there's so much blow, you know? It's like windows. Uh, it's like they just add blow. they always just add so much blow, you know. I and think it's just part of being human. It's just anything, there's no such thing as a simple process. I mean, in a way, I think it's a good sign of prosperity that you could just hire people and give them loads of money to just email each other all day long, you know. It's but kind it's of a also, good sign of sometimes sometimes these companies and these people even if they're useless for like um, half of the year, they keep them employed because there's another half of the year when yeah. they're actually crucial. And it's it's more worth it to them to have yeah, someone with the history and the skill set and the background who's available to be called up on when uh, they kind of need more people because they got busier or whatever. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though. Mm -hmm. Did, I thought about this a lot because it was such a big shock to me to see how crazy it is you know because uh, coming from a creative field and stuff where people are literally scrounging around for tiny amounts of money mm -hmm. and then suddenly you go into the corporate world it's like this person does nothing and they're getting 80 grand a year for it and whatever six-figure salaries for people who contribute absolutely nothing and then in the creative world it's like you know no oh, there's no money for the actual people who are pro actually making stuff and provide anyway let me ask you this about is it is it all a factor of the fact that um, most people are retarded? Mm. Like I, 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 you're a competent person, and I remember how you worked. We met at a, a job. <laughs> you're a competent person. You like to do your work. You like to, you know, get stuff done. Could like four or five lib bands not do the work of like? 70 of the average worker in the field that you work in is that not true no no i don't think so you don't I, think so <clears throat> I'm, I'm just trying to put it into context that i understand 
I think um, this is probably a part of it because you work in a field where you actually have to do something. So maybe there's a little bit of like, okay, we can yeah, see what people are doing. Yeah, well. you, the, the, where I work and the way we work, it's kind of obvious if someone's not pulling their weight. But I'm sure there's loads of um, there's loads of jobs and companies out there where you can yeah. sort of you can hide away and get away with not contributing very much. Well, absolutely, I applied to one of them. I kind of uh, hope I get the job. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hope you get it, and then you can ha have a chill time and get paid for it. I mean, and I'm literally I'm fully aware that if I got that job, right? Well, yeah. we can we can I'll explain what the interviews me. But um, yeah, okay. Shall I go into what the interviews were? Um, well, I was just going to add one more thing. Go on, go on. Is one thing I've noticed, and I don't know how this fits in with what you've seen, but yeah. maybe it's it explains a little bit of it, or at least it's a bit of a corollary. 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 Such no, a it's not corollary. 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 Correlatory. Corollary. Yeah, it's Cor just yeah, it is make it sound bad. It's yeah, just very difficult to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, you know, in addition to, one thing I've noticed is people really don't like to make choices and decisions. Um, nobody wants to yeah. be the person who says, this is the way that we're going to do it, or this is how we should do it, or yeah. no, but nobody wants to take a firm stance in mm. the corporate world. It, the way that it works is that you want to dissolve as much responsibility as you can across as many people as you can so yeah. that when something goes wrong you're not the only person who's responsible for the failure because nobody yes. wants to stink of failure on them it feels a bit to me like the henry ford model but applied to office bureaucracy Go the on. henry ford model where you break out you know before henry ford someone who made like an engine would make every part themselves and have to put it together themselves and you break that out to the fast food model thing mm -hmm. okay you just flip the, you just do these you just put these screws on then it goes to the next guy then that guy bangs this into shape then the next guy screws that into shape you know yeah you all just you're just doing one repetitive task and then you pass it on to the next person who does their one little tiny repetitive task mm -hmm. yeah, but it feels like that on level of like corporations right you just send emails to check that these people are sending their emails to the right place. And then this person has to manage a chat channel and just has to make sure that this person checks in, that the, you know? Absolutely. Is it that? There's lo absolutely loads of that. Loads but why, and loads of that. Why, why do people not take responsibility? Is it because- I think people, people are afraid. I think, I, I don't know what it is, but people, uh, there's so, I have such difficulty with so many of my clients and so many of the people that I work with who just are terrified of giving me a clear statement. They like to be as vague as they can. They like yeah. to be as like, they'll, like they, they'll say something like, we'll try to deliver this by this time. Uh, they'll say something like, we're working on this at the moment and we hopefully will have it, blah, blah, blah. Nobody will just says, uh, this will be ready at three o'clock. No, nobody... Yeah. No, nobody's willing even um even in a different context if we're talking about the, the direction that a project should take nobody wants to be at the beginning of a project and say uh do you know what this is how we should do it i think this is the best way no nobody's going to do that everybody's just going to sit there and go uh how do you guys feel about doing this or how do you guys feel about doing that or it it, it all just feels very vague isn't that the point of having a manager? 
but that's the thing even management even management aren't going to be terrible this is terrible i need to put out the football analogies because like if this was a football team yeah no one takes responsibility you know what happens to a football team when no one takes responsibility they, they lose a lot of smashed. matches. They lose yeah. a lot of matches. You get smashed. You need you need everyone to take responsibility. You yeah. know, every yeah. single person has to step up and take responsibility. If you don't, this is why I say I love. This is one of the reasons I love for. I said this to you before. Sports is literally the only place in the world left that's a real meritocracy that you can't hide. You see the ability of someone on the pitch in front of 30,000 people every week. There's nowhere to hide. You either do your job or you don't. And everyone can see clearly if you're doing your job or you don't. And if you're good, you'll see you're good. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like this hiding and stuff. Well, that's that's the world you're going to go into. You should brace yourself for when you get one of these jobs, you're going to go in there and very few people are going to be telling you exactly, you know, firm ideas. You're just going to get a lot of vagueness. Mate, I think I'm coming. going to come into one of these companies like a wrecking ball if I go in there. <laughs> I really do. I'm so curious how you'll end up. I was joking with my girlfriend yesterday. I said, you know, I wish I had a job doing interviews. And she laughed because she said it's an issue. She said it, she knows it's true. I, <laughs> I really love doing the interviews. I know you're supposed to be nervous and shit. Yeah. You're supposed to be nervous. You're supposed to be like this. But, you know, I came into all of those interviews like a wrecking ball. Love it. I think it's not being famous. It's like people asking you questions. You get to ramble on. They're attentive <laughs> to everything. I feel like Michael Jackson. What a great point of view. What a fantastic. You need to. You need to. You need to write a book about that. I don't understand how people get nervous with interviews because it's like, you know, I think it taps into something deep in me. I don't. I don't have any respect for any authority anywhere, mm-hmm. and I don't like. I don't. I don't. I always. I've, I well, people are scared repulsed. of judgment, aren't they? People don't like to be judged. Who do, who do, who can judge me? Only God can judge me. Yeah, well, you've come from a very clearly strong and confident uh, sense of self. A lot of people don't have that, Johnny. I don't understand. It's that simple, though. Like, who, who, I don't understand. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm trying. Yeah, I don't know. Shall I talk about the interviews? Yeah, shall we talk about companies? I'm trying to be brief. You, yeah, I've told you about it. So the first company... Small yeah, company, company A, company A, British company, startup company. Yeah, uh, they have an interesting idea for it, but they're small, London-based. Base pay in the in the advert twenty six, twenty eight thousand pounds, which I thought was very low. We could talk about that later because Big Bank gave us some insight into that. Yeah, and um, we did an interview, and uh, the first question they asked me was about something I'm passionate about. Lib Van mm-hmm. actually had had uh, helped me with the CV a little bit. And he said, put these little odd things. This is little advice for people. People should listen to this. Liban's advice. He said, put like a little odd thing in the CV. If you like this odd hobby, which I have a couple of odd hobbies. He said, put it in. Because it makes you stand out. And I thought, you sure about this? I was very dubious. Brilliant idea. Because the first question this company asked me, because, you know, they deal in like stuff that's related to generally hobbies, not mine. Mm-hmm. They asked me a question about a hobby and I was off. I was off because it's something I genuinely love, genuinely passionate about. And then they, they 
you know, and then we had a great rapport with a couple of podcasts. But I think that's also that's also like um, that's a sign of somebody who's <clears> a good interviewer is that they don't start off by putting you on the back foot and asking you about work experience and stuff. They go to the end and look at your hobbies and what you've written there and try yeah. to get a sense of you as a person and also to get you started and make you feel comfortable to, uh, talking mm. so that you don't sort of freeze up. So they, they were actually good at interviewing, which is something not a lot of people are. Well, that brings me on to the second interview. So anyway, the first one went great. It was like mm -hmm. I was just going out meeting for drinks with some people. The second one... And they were a bit posh, you said. They were a bit posh, but they were nice. They weren't like, you yeah, know. Dickheads. <clears throat> yeah. They seemed, they seemed friendly enough. And, yeah. And they were very open. They were opening up about their own. You know, you can tell when you connect with someone. Because mm -hmm. when you open up about something you like, and then they start wanting to contribute what they like about their open up. So they were opening up. So it was very nice, very pleasant. Good, good. Second That's in, a good second, second interview, big American company. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking about companies that have just full of dead weight, mm -hmm. this company is that for sure. <laughs> because I was getting interviewed by an American woman yeah. who's a hiring person. Mm -hmm. Her job is hiring, talent manager, whatever. She's going to hand my CV now to a hiring manager. So they have mm -hmm. two people whose explicit job is just hiring people. Mm -hmm. And then probably I will actually speak to someone who actually does any work. And this woman, this woman, smiley, very smiley America. And I was trying to explain this to Liban. He understood exactly. Maybe you can jump in and explain. But she was like a smiley American, very easy. <laughs> okay, that's great. Blah, blah, blah. Very cheesy, smiley American. And it felt kind of, it was very difficult for me to build a rapport with her or connect with her. She felt very empty. Mm -hmm. And I understood, like, you know, when the Americans smile and they feel insincere, it seemed yeah. very insincere. It was like constant smiling. It was like very hard for me to break down a barrier and feel like I'm getting at something inside it's like empty, they've got you know they, uh, americans have this thing that i like to call a shield of friendliness they've got this shield of friendliness that they put up yeah. and it's hard to get past it and actually talk to the human being they yes. it's all just like very very surface level smiley surface, yes. um how are you doing today sir how are you doing ma'am it's all very like yeah it, it comes i I'm sure they would argue that they're just trying to be friendly and that they genuinely feel it or whatever. But to somebody who's outside their culture, it just comes across as very insincere and fake. It's it's their sort of customer service, like uh, yeah. making everybody happy kind of thing, which is it's kind of really off-putting. Which I, I get, okay, it's an interview. I'm being evaluated. I get it. But, I mean, surely you want to discover something about me you can still human being there and I'm trying to treat you like a human being and you're you're like a robot smiley I mean and it's weird because it's like okay it's not antagonistic in any way they're smiling and stuff and it's like I don't know I feel like this emptiness like mm -hmm. vacancy which is kind of terrifying it was like a I don't know no, I, you don't you don't even need to describe it just by how you've put it I can picture it so clearly Put it this way, I wouldn't need a Voight comp test to blow this bitch away. <laughs> no, joking. <laughs> you can tell she's a robot immediately. I, can tell, I, could, I, would, I, would, I could tell. She better be careful if they do end up <laughs> making robots. She, she, but no, no. And uh, the, the other thing that, that kind of like 
It's like every time I started saying something, picture this. I want the listeners to picture this. You're on a camp call or something, right? Mm-hmm. You're chatting. Every time they ask you a question, you start talking. You see, she was a chubby little girl. Her chubby little hands loom towards the bottom of the screen and just start dancing like she's typing. So it's like you're talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Imagine you talk to someone and every time you start talking to them, they just look at their phone. I mean, it was very like, you know, rude. I thought it was rude almost. Like, okay, but I can know. Get... But you know, don't. We're talking here. I'm talking here. Look me in the eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get that, but I think part of that is, um, I think she could have handled it better. But surely, as a hiring person, you do need to be making notes about the person you're interviewing and what they're saying as you're talking. Yeah, you're right. I don't like it though. I, I don't I know, like it. But let's say let's say you're interviewing ten people over three days. I get it. I you get have it, to you it. have to take notes so that otherwise you're just not going to rem- they're all just going to blend into like one person. I get so it. I oh, the rest of it I'll allow you, but on this one, uh, objection I, no. overruled. Objection I, I, overruled. But it is the objection? Uh, yeah, okay. But you know, you know, I, it maybe taps into one of my deeper bit we could this could go on forever i'll just say i detest bureaucracy i hate Mm -hmm. forms i hate tax forms Mm -hmm. i hate registering i hate having to you know apply for stuff i hate Mm -hmm. visas i hate all forms of bureaucracy yeah cosmo kramer right here cosmo kramer in the house picture you know how the joker in the batman movie he takes a big pile of cash and he burns it yeah i would like to take every single form in a government office <laughs> and just pile it up in a big thing and burn it and tell them I'm sending a message. That's what I want. I hate, I hate with it, but I genuinely, I genuinely, I know people don't understand it, but um, maybe it's irrational. I just, I just test. It probably is some pathology of mine. I just hate, I am not a number. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a man. Being. I'm, I'm a flesh, man. I'm flesh and blood. I'm abstract emotions. Mm-hmm. You can't, don't, Put me in a box, man. Don't, Don't tread on me, man. Me, man. Don't <laughs> tread on me, man. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, we did that interview. And, and I re- only realised when I was telling you this yesterday. Yeah. That she fucked up completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because because uh, she said, oh, so you asked for a salary of $45,000. Mm-hmm. You know, I put up when I applied. I don't know why I picked the number. And then I was like, I could sense, like, I didn't want to pin myself to the number. So I said to her, oh, you know, I don't really know yet. I'm seeing what's out there. I'm comparing with other salary jobs, you know, because I work freelance, so it's a very different pay structure. But... Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to sort of translate what your freelance sort of money you were getting yeah. and how that translates into a salary. So exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's not easy to tell what you should be asking for. But then she said to me, and this just shows she's on automatic. She's not even thinking. She's barely conscious. Mm-hmm. she was like oh right well and i said to her what do you what do you pay for people who are working in this position and she said yeah. sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and i said and then she said sixty thousand dollars but you know we'd speak with the hiring manager to uh to see if we can meet midway you know i was thinking what <laughs> what you just they, told me you were willing to accept sixty thousand dollars so why yeah. would i take any less yeah it's like you know yeah, she's definitely on, she's a robot on autopilot, for sure. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, she's she just, I mean, maybe I did get her off um, balance, because I'm very, like, big in the interviews. I go full force. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm interviewing them, you know? I'm talking a lot. I'm, like, asking them questions, trying to get, you know. I think that's the so way to maybe, be. I think that, yeah. that's definitely the way to do it. 
And I think maybe I got her off the wrong footing because then she was like, you know. Yeah, she blurted out something she probably didn't want to say. Yeah. I don't know. I guarantee you, if I got this company is big, it's bloated. Half those employees are not doing anything. They're hiding. I guarantee it. It's just so you reckon this is one company. If you get the job, you could go in there like a ninja and just disappear year oh, round. Oh, beautiful! Just disappear in the system and just just, <laughs> just another name on the payroll. Just another name on the payroll. I mean, it would be beautiful, really. Oh. Work from home doing that. I mean, that's one thing Delightful to do. That in the office. Scam. I mean, this is this is one thing before. You had to go in the office, you had to show up, you had to put on your suit, you had to go to the office, and you did nothing all day, but you still had to yeah. endure your colleagues, that, endure a, your boss. There's a price to pay. Yeah, but now if you get that work from home, it's like, you yeah. know? Yeah, hiding in the system remotely, it, it takes it to the next level. It's fantastic. A real parasite. <laughs> Brilliant. You know? This the ultimate form. The parasite has become a butterfly. Yeah, but that's right. That's right. So that that appeals to me. That appeals to me. Uh, do you want uh, to talk about the third sure. one? The third one was oh yeah, the third one was very casual. It's a weird. It's a very small company. I think it's only like a handful of people. I think they might have a lot of money because of mm -hmm. the sphere they're in, like ridiculous, crazy millions of money. Mm -hmm. They needed someone who's very important. We had a chat. The guy was very friendly, very casual. Again, it was like uh, we were just talking about our enthusiasm for this particular sphere of work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, though. The problem was pay didn't come up throughout that thing. Yeah, you've got to bring he, it up in the next interview. Well, he, he said, uh, like, which part of our work are you most interested in doing? And then also, um, what's your availability? Mm -hmm. And those questions threw me for a loop. Because I'm thinking, is, I thought, it's a salary job, so you pay me for a year and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Mm -hmm. But he was like, no, it's more free form, it's more, and it's a very kind of disorganised company. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he didn't bring up pay because there's so much money they don't worry about it. Or it, if it was it just an be. oversight on his behalf. That project is exciting for a different reason. The polar opposite of the middle job. The middle mm -hmm. job, I will go, I will hide in the system, I will claim a paycheck, brilliant. Yeah. This third job actually seems like the, they need someone like me who's mm -hmm. creative, who takes the initiative. And who's willing and to I, take responsibility. And I could actually go into, and it feels like, yeah, I would take responsibility. Yeah, I would go in there and I would actually fix up a lot of the problems they have. Absolutely. And if they, and if they paid me a lot and I had the resources to do some really exciting things, I could really kick them up to a next level. You know? You so need to one, say, I think you should mention that. I think in the, when you're talking to them, this sense that you've got that you can actually give them a lot of direction. I think startup companies and smaller companies definitely thrive off of that. And that's something you should bring up because when you're a small company, um, you you kind of need as many people to be engaged and willing yeah. to willing to yeah. give it direction as you can. I think I think that's the impression I gave them. In a, I think that's the impression I gave him. I'll probably do a follow-up interview with that, him and the team. Yeah, lean into and that. Lean into that. I will lean into it. I mean, it kind of was. I was showing that I'm passionate about that stuff. I'm showing that I'm interested in that stuff. But the question of money hangs over. But anyway, let's go back to what you said yesterday, because I've been thinking about it for obvious reasons. And you can cut this out of podcast if it's getting too uh, nitty-gritty. But listen, the first job offered 
26 to 28,000 in the base pay. Mm-hmm. Pounds. Pounds. Which is about $45,000. You told me yeah. to go back in there and say, if they like me as much as I think they do, they yeah. offer me the job. 38, 45,000 pounds. Absolutely. And you said this because they have an office in like, yeah, near, got, in the centre of London. They've got an office in the centre of London. They've got a team of six people, uh, three of which are upper level management. So they've definitely got the budget to give you a decent salary. Uh, but hold on. Hold on. Because you was thinking, and I was thinking about this a lot. And I was talking a bit about it with my girlfriend and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because they have office in centre of London means nothing. I mean, there were like fag shops in the centre of London. You're not going to get you're not going to get 80, 70 grand a year for working in a fag shop. Though. That means there's no connection there, is there? No, no. But the the industry there and the fact that they're getting proper offices in a place like that is the they're a legit company and they want to make a statement. And if they can't if they can't afford to give you ten grand more than what they were putting in the um, in the advert for a really good candidate, then they're not then they're not serious. And also, if you ask for real money, like the salary they were offering is what somebody in their early twenties would accept, uh, who has only like a year or two of experience. With your background and your experience uh, over a decade, you shouldn't be that's not the kind of salary you should be aiming for you should be aiming for at least 38 grand to f- and 40 upwards all right well you know let's leave that there then you yeah. see what i mean i'm oh, yeah yeah definitely just i want to believe i want to believe go, ba- I wanna go believe back in go back in and just make it clear that you're an adult you're not you're not a kid who's out for a chance yeah but the point is i, I don't care if i don't get any of these jobs i have freelance work until the end of the year i can keep applying until the end of the year I've only just started applying for jobs in the past month. Yeah. And we've already had three interviews. But that's why, that's the thing is, that's why you should be asking for money, like serious money. It just goes to show that the background and the experience that you've got is something that people out there really, really want. If if you've only been applying for a month and you've already got three interviews, when other people spend like six months applying loads and loads and don't get any feedback at all. Well, I, I do think that is because the climate right now is, it probably is good to be looking for a job right now. Mm-hmm. You should be looking for a job right now. Listener, if you want a job, go out and be looking for a job right now. Because right clearly now. it's- Get out, leave your house. Get out of there, because I might nick it. I'm going to nick these jobs. Johnny's coming take for all of them. He's going to take every single one. That's what, that's what my girlfriend says. She said, why don't you just take a bunch of them? I mean, you're working from home. <laughs> and if you think they're as easy as they they are, I am sure well. there are our people out there doing they're that. Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely, I've I've actually seen. I think it was on one forum for programmers. Yeah. When they keep joking about how they take like three different jobs because they, and they're just working from home, but they have like three jobs and they're making like three hundred thousand pounds of a year because like each job hell. is like. A, <laughs> you could hell. do that, man. And then every time, Johnny, look at me and think about the person that I am and my laziness and how much I value my free time. And then think about if I'd be the kind of person who would put myself through that. That's true, actually. But no, I think you could. I think you do. You're a hard worker. I think you just completely, you're, 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 you're very familiar with your job. I mean, you were going to quit your job last year, weren't you? Oh, I was going to quit and I was going to spend this entire year not working. It was going to be fantastic. 
Was it going to be fantastic? It was going to be because, great. I was literally because, going to quit and then spend the whole year from February to December just enjoying myself, going on walks, going on trips, hanging out with friends. You say that. Books. You say that. Yeah. You work part time now. Whenever you're not working, <laughs> you stay up till five watching shows and then you, you're asleep <laughs> until 4 p.m. And you're eating junk. I mean, the other day when you told me you were, I was shocked. Yeah. We had cereal, a yeah. bubble tea, and then a yeah. boil in the back burger. Yeah. And I was For, I, throughout I, one day. For, that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Day. And he was asleep <laughs> at 4 p.m. I was like, Are you all right? What did you eat? And you're like, Why are you so lethargic? And he told me that. And I was like, Black, yeah. So uh, you, need, you need a job, man. You need I a do. job. Otherwise, you. Structure you... is very helpful to me. <laughs> yeah, it's necessary. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Anyway, let's do just the job thing. Let's see. I'll keep the listeners updated. They can yeah. follow me on my journey. Mm -hmm. This podcast now is a serialized slice of life. It's it a is, coming of age been, story. It's been a slice of life friendship simulator since day one. It hasn't, because you know, most podcasts are static. Mm -hmm. It's like three three rich cunts in New York make a bunch of money on their podcast nothing is happening in their lives mm -hmm. and they just talk about oh i saw this movie last week or saw that movie there's nothing happening i guess that's people people in general don't evolve you know but you're gonna, we're, you're seeing, gonna, we're seeing changes in johnny right now you're seeing right? changes in, in my life yeah you're seeing changes in my life that's exciting uh, that's exciting All right, well, let's start. Lipan's about to tell a story, listener. Disclaimer, warning. Disclaimer, warning. It's not, it's not a story, um, it's just, uh, yeah, I guess it is a story. Disclaimer, warning. This will make... I need you to help me to make it interesting because I've told this story to all my friends separately and I'm just kind of tired of telling it. I'm not so going to try and... I'm, I'm going to gloss over everything and just do a yada, yada, yada. You might have told this story many times. It would probably still make me angry. <laughs> we need a bit of your righteous anger, then. I mean, I'm going to try and rein it in, actually, because you're still doing. Okay, let's just just tell it quickly. Just go through it. You you've refined it. Let's go through the story. It's new for the listener. Remember, it's new for the listener. It's new for the listener. Okay, so um, a few weeks ago, I was coming home from a night out, walking back towards Oxford Circus. Um, there's a street next to Oxford Circus called Argyle Street and usually there there's a bunch of buskers and uh, entertainers who perform there. Um, late at night though uh, there was this one guy who basically decided to stop rapping and decided to start a street party with his bluetooth speaker and just started putting on banging tunes and it turned into a little rave like everybody was dancing in the street everybody was drunk it was a fun time. Um, I get talking to um, one of the girls outside the station uh, um, on that road and uh, we swap details, uh, which is something I don't usually do. I've not asked someone for their number in a very long time. Uh, well, let's, let's just back up a bit. Let's add a bit of detail here. Go on. The girl. What does she yes. look like? Um, she's a short Somali girl. She's Somali, she's short. Yeah. What was her hair like? No hijab. No hijab, just regular um, shoulder length black hair. Curly? Hmm? Curly hair? Um, no, not, not super curly. Just uh, straight, straight. Straight with a bit of kink. 
and you chatted with her. What did you chat about? What did you casual small talk about? Give me a moment. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. She's also she's also young. Yes. Yeah. I. Fifteen. This should have. Sorry. What did you say? <laughs> oh, oh, I almost got away with that. Oh my god! <laughs> my heart just started beating. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Um, no, she was. I think she was like twenty-three or twenty-four. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of what led to everything happening was that oh, she was no, so foreshadowing. She was young and immature, and uh, no, it, and I should have I should have also known that anybody who's willing to give you their number on the street these days is a nut job because who the fuck does that? No, that's not true. That's not true. That's how real connections are made, man. This, nah. this, this. I mean, this is the the tragedy of this story. Spoilers. The yeah. tragedy of this story is it starts off so nicely. I mean, you know, we literally had a conversation on this podcast about how dreadful the online dating scene. Yeah, so that's why I was so excited to begin with. When I went back to the old school, I, I spoke to a woman randomly. Yeah. And then we got along and had a bit of a spark. And then we were swapping details and excited to hang out with each other at some point soon. Like a French movie. It was like a French movie. It was very, it was very like, ooh la la, ooh la la. It was, it was nice. Yeah. It, it felt nice. It was exciting. Yeah, exactly. I was excited. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we went our separate ways. And then we were sort of chit-chatting on WhatsApp over a couple of days. And then we said, you know, uh, let's do something this Saturday. Let's go out for a drink or a meal or something. And she was she was down for that. And Pause. Then... Pause. Let's hear a bit more about this girl. You don't tell me about her personality at this point in time. Mm-hmm. How did she sound? Did she have any particular interests? Was she, did she like to joke? Was she a serious? Was she one of those girls who doesn't talk? She always waits for you to say something and then she only responds. Well, give, give, give us some context. What kind of woman is she? Um, she, she was joking. She was lighthearted, which I, I quite like. Um, she seemed to be keen to get to know me. Uh, she was asking questions about me and trying to figure out who I was. And uh, she was also finding opportunities for me to get to know her for a bit. Um, this is all over WhatsApp. Uh, so it did she's feel... She's a student. She was a student. Yeah, she's a student. And, of uh, what? I think she was studying law. 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 The law. Um, yeah, uh, it, it seemed to all be going quite well. It, it, was, uh, it was nice. She studied the law. She broke all of them. <laughs> she broke all the natural laws. Oh, this guy. Broke are, the laws of love. You just the, you, you are the stereotypical supportive friend. Anybody, anybody does anything, <laughs> anything to a friend of yours, they become no, this is, no, no, no. Earth nemesis. This John. is beyond. This is beyond. This is beyond. If I heard this from a stranger. Johnny, you need to you need to stop hyping it up. You're making it sound like she date raped me. You're making it sound like well, like she did something well, well, horrendous. Let's let's, let's tone it down a bit. It's the female equivalent. <laughs> so we're chit chatting. Um, let, let me just take a. Oh, sorry, I was going to go off on a tangent. Yeah, no, no, no tangents, please. No tangents I, that I'm going to have to yeah, edit okay, out. All right, okay, all right, go ahead. No, it wasn't a tangent. It would be relevant to the podcast, but whatever. Do you want to go ahead? Dan? Let me just say this. There's a, there's a famous quote that Margaret Atwood, who is a stupid writer who only experienced <laughs> success because Canada doesn't really have any cultural products. 
I know, I know, so, I know, so because I know, so because I know, so because she's a mirror to every woman who runs an English literature department in academia mm-hmm. across the English speaking world. Margaret Atwood, I don't really write her, but she has a quote and she doesn't even know why this quote is brilliant, right? She doesn't even realize why this quote has legs. She said, um, women, uh, men fear that women will laugh at them. Women fear that men will kill them, right? And she means it from the superficial perspective of like, oh, look, women are so, in so much more danger than men. But actually, she's hit upon a profound truth there, which is why that quote has there, which is for men, humiliation is as bad as death. I mean, there are literally cultures where humiliation causes men to kill their own, kill themselves. Think about Japanese honor cultures. Think about killing the traitor. Think about punishing cowards, right? So it is a kind of death, humiliation for men, which is so why I'm, I'm dead it now. must be you're, met with equal talking, force. You're talking to a ghost now. I'm a ghost. I've been humiliated. No, you're, not, you're not a ghost. I will avenge you. I will avenge you. So we were chit-chatting on the Saturday morning. It was all fun. And then in the afternoon, it gets to about one o'clock, two o'clock, and I send her a message and I say, uh, so what time do you want to meet up later on? And then it goes quiet. She doesn't say anything. Nothing, 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 nothing. It gets towards the evening and I just I, I just sort of stop looking at my phone and say, okay, I guess this isn't happening. And then uh, she gets in touch the day after and she's super apologetic. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, I got into a situation yesterday where my dad dislocated his shoulder. I had to go pick him up from work and help him out. And uh, you know, I was like, I get it. That's a shame. I'm really sorry to hear that. I just wish you would have sent me a message, like just a single line to say you couldn't make it so that I wasn't left hanging. And now uh, let's pause here because that message now mm-hmm. with what we know, mm-hmm. the listener, but what you mm-hmm. don't know, mm-hmm. it was interesting because you said this and you were like, I don't know whether to buy this. Yeah, yeah. at the and time I, I didn't I buy it. Was, you didn't buy it. And I was actually like, no, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Because, you know, I'm a flaky guy. I'm a Pisces, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I know what it's like to be nervous. Okay, I don't get nervous at all anymore. But I not remember what it was like when you get nervous, especially with girls and stuff like that. She's a young girl, whatever. And I gave the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like she betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't I didn't give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I pretty much assumed that she was just uh, saving face with that as an excuse. You uh, but, than me, man. but I was willing to I was willing to still proceed with it. I just said, you know, let's draw a line under it and then move on because I still want to see you and uh, see if anything happens. So uh, how about doing something on doing something on Thursday? And then she said, oh, that'd be that'd be really nice. Actually, that'd be lovely. Uh, mm. So then that's how we left it. And then a day or so afterwards, I send her a message and I say, actually, on Thursday, rather than doing the typical boring uh, dinner and drinks or what have you, how about we actually do something fun and enjoy ourselves? And uh, uh, she said, like, what? And I said, let's, uh, let's go get a drink first and then let's head over to a karaoke room and then have a karaoke session with the two of us singing our favourite songs. And then now, she was... Hang on, pause. Mm-hmm. Because because uh, did you get the impression that she was nervous, or did you get the impression is she gregarious and she's open? Very gregarious. Because when I met her on the street that night, 
she had like a very extroverted open personality yeah. uh yeah. sort of laughing loudly having a good time dancing uh, literally dancing on the streets so right, right, i am right. not getting the sense that this is a shy reserved person who'd be so that would be concerned yeah, yeah, not not at all. I didn't get negativity from that at all. She seemed to be very excited by the idea and said, oh, my God, that sounds like a blast. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was the plan. Thursday comes around. Uh, the booking for the place is at 8 o'clock. I leave my house at 7. Um, quarter past 7 as I'm walking towards the tube station. I get a phone call in my pocket. I immediately get a bad sense. I was like, ah. Oh. He had it. He sensed it. He felt it. I sensed it. Before I even picked up the phone, I was like, what fresh bullshit is this going to be? This is her egregious, her disruption to the ethereal fabric that binds us all was. He sensed it. (laughs) He sensed it from a phone. He he was a, he just, he didn't even hear it. It was a beep. It was a beep on his phone. It could have been me just messaging him some random crap. No. I, I felt the vibration in my pocket and I was like, who else is going to call me at this time and what is the contest i knew i knew exactly what it was going to be so i picked it up and then she's like uh liban i'm so sorry i've i've done my hair i've done my makeup i've got my clothes on i'm all ready but i just can't i just can't come out i've got a really heavy feeling in my gut of like just anxiety and insecurity and baggage and i just don't think i can do this and then I was, you know, I was like quite understanding. I was like, you know, I'm not going to force you to come out and have a horrible time. I, why? I just, what do you mean, why? What's the, I mean, what? I don't, I do. This is the, this is the conundrum I find myself in. Well, let me explain. You're, let you're me explain. A, let me yeah. finish. And Go then on. you can talk on it. On. But I was like, I've, I, whatever baggage you've got, I wasn't like, I wasn't going to sit you down and make you confront it tonight. I just wanted to get to know you and have a fun yeah. time and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you if you're not feeling good about it, let's just. Uh, uh, I've got like a non-refundable booking, so I need to hang up right now and call some people and see if I can find somebody else to do this. So let's just call it there for now. Uh, I'm going to go see what I can do, and then we'll have a catch up later. So I I hung up on her, and then I started going through my phone list to figure out which one of my friends work in central London and who yeah, could yeah. possibly be interested in a very last minute karaoke session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, no one was available. Everybody had either already was already on the way home or they already had plans or whatever. All right, so well, this is beside work. the point. This is beside the point. At well, it kind of relates time... back to the beginning of the show because right. okay, what I ended up doing yeah, instead yeah, yeah, yeah. was I went to see The Batman. And maybe this is why he found it difficult not at all not at all i would have been so angry weren't you angry no i was just i was just disappointed (laughs) typical dad thing to say i'm not angry i'm just disappointed oh you know i I was i was angry on his behalf i was angry on his behalf and you know this this is what this is the problem i'm reminded of of a morrissey lyric the luck i've had could make a good man turn bad and the thing about Luban is he's a good man. And how long is Kenny stay good in the face of such evil harlotry? Listen, people have mental health issues, man. I, I, I just wish they wouldn't take it out on me. I, this, this woman does not have mental health issues. Give me a break. It's mental health, man. She's a fucking, she's an anxious wreck. I, I don't know she's what not it an is. Anxious, you said she was, she was extroverted, dancing around. It's not mental health to mess people around. In fact, if you have mental health issues, you don't do that. 
And as we see, because the story doesn't even end there, we see that this woman is smarter than Liban gives her credit for. He's I too nice, know. listener. He's too I don't nice. know. It's I got I just got the sense that she she'd gone through some shit and that she'd probably put herself out there too soon. You got the sense where she feeding you this thing like she's a poor me, poor me. How the hell are you coming out of this with pity for her? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I, How are I, you coming? I'm not. No, I'm not pitying. I'm not pitying. I'm not pitying. I'm just saying. I I try to understand where people come from. And you see, I wish sometimes I wish Liban wasn't such a nice guy, but then at the same time, why would you? The, the niceness is, you know, but this world cannot does not have does not it's not nice for a nice guy. The world is not nice for a nice guy, Liban. Listen, I've, I've, I've done plenty of dickish things that I regret. I, I'm not nice all the time. I'm just this saying, is, on this had... occasion, I can... I, I've, I've, I've flaked on so many people over the years for random reasons that I completely... I, can't, I cannot throw a stone when it comes to flaking on people. No, no, no. You had Cassus Belly. You had Cassus Belly. It just caused... Cassus Belly? Cassus Belly is reasons to go for Oh, I, okay, gotcha. From, uh, I, I remember, never mind. That's a whole separate topic. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you should have gone, you should have gone to war. You should have, I told you, I was trying, I was just thinking, how can he scar this woman? Emotionally and spiritually. You wanted me to be, you just wanted me to get very aggressive and tear her down. Not even aggressive. Obviously you're aggressive, but you know, sometimes you just, just Passive emotionally. Aggressive. Maybe passive aggressive, but you know, you can destroy someone with the right comment. You just need to figure out the right arrangement mm-hmm. of words that you can mm-hmm. send someone. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. But if you just figure out the right arrangement of words, but what right does that get you? What does that get you? Let's it say brings, uh, let's say I've done that. It brings balance. It brings balance to the universe. She she unduly attacked you. And it's not correct that she could just go la 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 about her day. She must, she must achieve the equal an eye for an eye, measure for measure. All right, you are owed your pound of flesh, Libra. Where, where, where is the Christian turn the other cheek that you were brought up with? Where, where, where did that go? Yeah, but well, I'm the Christian who threw the money lenders out of the temple. Uh, she's, she's, she's a money lender, and you're the temple right now. You needed to <laughs> throw her out. Ah. Uh, but anyway, that's not even the end of the story because... Um, oh my God, it gets so much worse. This is the bit where I genuinely got annoyed. Like up to this point, I was like, I don't even care. You this got annoyed. Is... I literally was pacing around like I was going to punch her off. I went red, I went red, <laughs> boiling. Like literally, I'm getting red now. My body temperature's rising. Just So I call her, when I get back from watching the Batman, it's about midnight. Um, I have, I make myself uh, a little something to drink. And then I send her a message and I say, can I call you now or is it too late? And she says, go ahead, give me a shout. I call her up and I just, well, you know, I want to talk about what the fuck actually happened. Because at this point, I either want to call it a day and walk away or see if there's anything worth salvaging here. Because I wouldn't want to, you know, what do you call it? diamond in the rough i wouldn't want to leave a diamond in the rough behind just because of an awkward start if there's if there's actually a lovely person here uh so i was just you know trying to see if there's anything salvageable so i call her up and uh she's sitting there she's got her cousin visiting her 
and uh, they're sitting there together and she's speaking to me and I guess her cousin is sitting there giving her advice on what to say or like just trying to help her out as she's talking to me. As we're talking though, it turns into a bit of a silly situation where suddenly her cousin loses interest in this conversation and starts rummaging around for something in the kitchen. So she suddenly starts talking to her cousin. So she's got half a conversation going with her cousin, half a conversation going with me. So she's not even giving me her full attention anymore. Then her cousin picks up the phone and she starts talking to someone uh, in the kitchen. And then uh, the girl that I'm speaking to is suddenly interested in that conversation. So she's like, Liban, can you hold on for a second? I just want to say something to the person on the phone on the, in the kitchen. And I'm like, what the fuck? You, are you serious right now? And then she does that and then she comes back. And then at this point, I'm ready to call it. But then she actually starts talking about why she felt a bit like uncomfortable with me. And then she starts saying something like, she thought I was a bit formal with her, too formal. And she said that I was acting white, too white for her. She was like, she said, and she said, she said that most of the dudes she'd ever gone out with before were like uh, ghetto dudes from her area. And she just wasn't used to being, you know, treated like a normal person. So she, she said, I made it, I made her feel like kind of out of place or just not at home. And uh, yeah, she accused me of being too white. No, no, I, no. This, 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 listen. She knows exactly what she's doing, okay? Everyone knows exactly what she did. She's attacking you. She's a, really, she's not, she's not that retarded, clearly, by the fact she lies all the time. She knows exactly what she's doing at every step of the way. She's fucking you around. Probably she even knew what she was doing when she was chatting with her cousin, like negging. Remember the old pickup artist used to do negging. She's trying mm -hmm. to bring you down and stuff. And in this comment, yeah, that's the comment that really, really, really annoyed me. That's the one I mean, where I was sitting I there going, I, I don't even know. Like, like I was putting something on, like I was trying to be something that I'm not. Yes. I, I, if there's one thing I am, it's consistent, whether I'm talking to my family or whether I'm talking <clears> to the people I work with or whether I'm talking to you, I am always 100% the same. I, don't, I rarely code switch. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not... Mate, she knows she's putting you in that situation where you're almost like... She knows exactly what you're doing. Oh, man. When women go bad, they're really fucking evil. This is, you you know, they're really fucking terrible. I mean, I don't know what the white equivalent for that is. It'd be like saying, oh, you're not a real man. Or I'm just I'm just used to manly men. Imagine like a girl saying that to you if you're white. I'm not yeah, that'd manly. be outrageous. And then you're like, okay, what do I do? I'm, she's called me not a manly man. So now I have to prove I'm a manly man. But then that's pathetic because I'm doing that. The only recourse is to hear and I'm, I swear to God, I swear to God, I swear to God, if she did something like that, you know, I would, I would probably. <laughs> I'm cutting all that better out. No, you could put that in. You could put no, that in. No, I'm no, sorry. no. I'm not having you. I'm not having you. I'm joking. You. I'm joking. I know joking. you're joking, but people are so fucking sensitive, man. No, it's all right. Leave this bit in so people know that I'm joking. No, I'm, take, I'm taking it out. But yeah. Don't no, take it out. Don't take it out. I won't pick. No, 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 no. Don't take this out. I'm censoring you for your own good. No, you don't censor me for my own good. Look, I've got op security. This is why I have operational security. <laughs> so and in love, there is no operational security. Love and war. All but the straight. thing is, I, I joke about hitting women. Absolutely. 
but that's in person where people can actually tell that I'm joking and it's like not a serious thing. But I feel like in a podcast format, the second you joke about something like that, because they don't they don't know you, it's they don't see your body point. language. They're getting off the point. Bleep, bleep the word hit there. Bleep <laughs> the word hit. Anyway, she she yeah, she assaulted me with her words. Unbelievable. I'm speechless now. I'm just I'm just I'm too angry to articulate. It, my anger is too is too hot to articulate at this point. How, you know what? I mean, really, it just makes me angry to think that she's living her day-to-day life like that, oblivious to this. Something needs to be done. I want her dead. I want her family dead. I want... You want, you want them all in the ground. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Listen, it's not... It, it's pretty egregious, but it's not the end of the world. All right, yeah. I mean, look, you've got a healthy attitude to it, maybe. I can't go around getting upset about what other people say. Like, uh, her, her interpretation of who I am has got nothing to do with who I actually no, am. No, I, I know that. But it's, she's, it's not an interpretation of who you are. You understand what she's doing. She literally just messed you around from the start to the finish. You think everything that she did was intentional? She gave you some bullshit story about her dad dislocating his arm you know that's bullshit in retrospect then she literally waited until the last minute and just told you and then she gives you this when she's not even focusing on you in conversation and she puts this comment she knows exactly what that comment is i mean look do you think if you told her she's fat she'd just move on from it or fat or whatever insecurity she is you think she would have moved on no she would have gone fucking scorched earth i guarantee it You know, she pushed you and pushed you. Maybe she was trying to push you to see how far you would go. And this is the, this is the irony, right? Is that you are a nice guy. You are a nice guy. And she but used what? that against you and she was trying to make But she didn't get place. anything out of it. Like, she didn't get anything out of any of that. No, yeah, she's she just trying to get a reaction. She's like a troll. She's like the female equivalent of a troll. We need a better word for it because troll isn't a powerful word. But it's women who just love to get a reaction. Enough mm-hmm. to feel important. She got all the validation she wanted. Well, she didn't she, because I just she's not, I, t- I I said to her, let's just call it here. I I just uh, after that I said, I know. you and know, then, this is this is just way too complicated for absolutely no reason. Uh, yeah. So I no hurt feelings, no harm done. Let's just go our separate ways and call it a day here. And I mean, this is the, that was the, that was the last I heard from her. I mean, this is the thing. This is why you're smarter than me, Levan. Because in a way... And then I have get... genuinely haven't even thought about her yeah. other than to talk to you about this now in the podcast. So you see, it, you, it's yeah. water off a duck's back. It's like, yes. it's nothing. The, it's the best. If you, have, if you ever have a woman like that, be like Lipan. The worst thing you can ever do to a woman is not pay any attention to her. It's literally the most scathing thing you could do to a woman. And actually my reaction, which is to fly off the handle, she would have probably loved it. would have been giving her exactly what she wanted. Showing her that she got under my skin, you know. So it is much better to just like, you know. It was just, it was just a bit. It was a bit of a shame. It ended up being a wasted two weeks. Yeah, Jesus Christ! I cannot believe these women are out there, though. You what? I can't believe these women. These women out there. They've been out there since day one, Johnny. As many fuck boys as there are, there's as many fuck girls out there as well. No, I don't know. This uh, really annoyed me, really frustrated me. I'm still angry about it, being reminded about it. Mate, you've got to get out of London. You've got to get out of London. There's no good people left there. 
<laughs> Every, all the good people are gone. They've they've emigrated. Yeah, man. They were doing, there's no good people left there. But anyway, listeners, write in. What do you think about this situation? What do you think? Is it ever justified to hit a woman? Write in. Let us know. I don't. Here's the thing. Is and if you, so, let us know what you would do. What you would have done to this girl if she if you was in the same situation. Let us know. Give us your revenge fantasies. Send in your you know, your torture porn, you know. <laughs> well, how are you feeling now? I mean, look, it's a bad burn. How are you feeling well, now about even, Mate, in the, in the larger scheme of my dating stories and the stuff I've experienced over the years, this is such a small, bl- this is nothing. This is literally nothing. It's just a funny story to me. Right, but it, it still must damage your faith, even in what why even play the game, you know? Like, if mm. I if go on. um, no, I wouldn't say that you're still up for getting back in the back in the poll. Oh, yeah, 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 it's springtime, man. I'm feeling super social these days, I'm out really? about all the time. Yeah, are you gonna get on the Tinder again? No, not Tinder, just in person stuff. Yeah, there's other apps. Do these, these other apps at all? No, nah, all the apps are rubbish, every single app, every single one. Um, I've told you before, I'm just. I'm out and about in person now. And you're gonna you're gonna start chatting up girls in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do you do you swing dancing? You probably meet a lot of uh, people through that. Yeah, that's and one of the things. You did actually meet some nice girls through swing dancing, didn't you? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm talking to one at the moment. We'll see what happens. Oh, and you just you just decided to leave that until now to mention. Well, it, it's. It's still at the early stages. It's one of those things where I've spoken to this girl that I've danced with a bunch of times. And right. then she always makes very clear to me what where she's going to be. She's, she just keeps telling me, oh, I'm going to be at this social next week. And then I, look, I make eye contact and I say, I'll make sure I'll be there as well then. Uh, and then we're sort of dancing and chatting and uh, having you a dance good time. Can mm. you tell in the way she dances how she feels about you? Um, She's definitely a bit more up close with me than she is with yes. other people. So Beautiful. Beautiful. it's gonna. There's there's a lot of uh, low level subtle shit going on. Uh, oh. I'm just uh, I'm enjoying that stage. So I'm I'm gonna bring it up front at some point soon and say yeah. How tall? How tall is she? Um, she's quite tall for a girl. She's she's a little bit. She's like a couple of inches shorter than me. Interesting hair color. Hair uh, color, skin color, eye color. Oh, she's a white girl. She's a blondie. Blonde, my girl, blue eyes. Um, ish, grey, greenish. I don't know. It's some figure, figure, type of figure. Slim, good, slim, ample, good, good in between. Hourglass, lovely. Fashion sense, hipster, preppy. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've only seen her in just um a couple of dresses. She would have dresses, she wears dresses, mm. free flowing summer dresses, yeah. floral patterns, stripes. Listen, it's two tone. I, I could if not tell you. D&D, I could not tell you. I could not tell you. I've got no idea, man. Leave me healer. Alone. She's a healer, right? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Interesting. Exciting. Another another developing story on the on the podcast. Love comes when you're least looking for it. And after the great tragedy of the previous woman, maybe karma has something. Yeah, making it a much bigger deal than it was, Johnny. 
you know what karma's decided to bring justice i think you i think you're sensitive to all of this because you've been in a relationship for so long that you don't remember <clears throat> how shit it is out here yeah I, well yeah probably i think this is to me this is such a minor thing because i i see an experience and put up with this it's, bullshit on the constant, no good thing, is whereas it? you <laughs> have been living the good life in yeah. relationship land for the last 12 13 years and yeah. you you've lost your the thick skin that you used to have where this stuff used to just be nothing to you Wait, you're experiencing it secondhand now and you're just like you're riled up and full of rage <laughs> well maybe my perspective not being involved with it gives me some perspective on how crazy and terrible it is mm-hmm. like why is it that complicated why, 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 why should it be different? The man and a woman, do you, are you interested in each other? Okay. You may use chat a bit and then you see where it goes. What, what, what does it have to be with this fucking drama? So ends another episode in this podcast that I like to call Libanish Listen. We've, uh, we've got a couple of interesting episodes coming up. We've got uh, the continued adventures of Johnny in the world of uh, corporations. And we find out what job he ends up taking or not taking and what ends up happening. I think is quite interesting. We've also got um, a podcast episode which breaks all the rules of what you should do on a podcast. There are rules and we break all of them. We're probably going to have to take it down within a couple of days of putting it up. But I hope that, you know, when it does come out, you might feel inclined to email us and tell us what you think about it. Johnny doesn't like it when I you know, expose our listeners. Because there's I've been looking at the analytics and there's a couple out there in from very interesting countries and I don't know how you came across us and, you know, to respect Johnny's operational policy, I'm not going to say what countries you're from, but there's a couple of characters listening to this. You know who you are. There's you from the Middle East. There's you from Africa. There's, uh, you know, there's a couple from European countries that are a bit out of the way, you know who you are, fucking email us, okay? Let's get a conversation going, all right? We want to know about you. Who are you people? How did you hear about us? What's your deal, okay? Email us at libanislistening at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Bye.